Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. See if we include our legs in the, in the shot. It's just vanishing point. I, I, like. <laughs> Tim's flagship podcast 328. I'm the host Jamie. I'm joined by Stephen. Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, Happy New Year. Yeah. This is the first of the new year, and Martin Melly, happy, happy New Year to you. Um, we recorded a match reaction for the Rangers v Celtic game, as we do on Patreon for every match, patreon.com slash 20 minute Tim's. And the feedback was that we were a bit downbeat about it. You know, mm. right after the game, we got to the mics and we were we were a bit downbeat about the 2 2 draw. A couple of days later, Melly, how do you feel about it? Uh, I'm I suppose I was downbeat on the performance because I don't think Celtic performed well at all, but mm. I don't think I was downbeat on the result because I think Celtic got out of there with a very, very good result considering the performance they'd put in. I think that's the worst we have played against Rangers under Ange and we still got out of uh, an away game with a two-all draw and kept a nine-point lead intact. The biggest disappointment for me was going into this game, any Rangers fan I spoke to says, you are going to get a load of chances against us because our defence is wide open. That didn't really happen. Mm -hmm. We did score two goals, but we didn't create an awful lot. And I think that was a disappointment because I think Rangers were there for the taking. But after the game, I'll take that result. Oh, on the performance, Stephen, that's the one thing that Andrew always talks about after matches, isn't it? It's always the focus on performance. There's no way he can be happy with that performance. No, I don't think so. He kept his clothes kept his clothes close to his chest. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how clothes work, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. So I was right. I was right there. He kept his clothes close to his chest there, and his cards similar. Mm. He didn't really give much away. Unusually, he didn't really give too much away in his post-match stuff. He just said, "Look, it's a good game. The good game wasn't it? A good game." I was for quite the disappointed with his post-match. Yeah. If I'm honest, he was. Because again, we were—I was a bit annoyed at the performance, and then when Ange came out, it goes, "Look, it was a good game for the neutral." I didn't think it was a good game for the neutral. <laughs> well, to, yeah. to, to be perfectly honest with you, I thought the standard was pretty crap. And he goes, "You know, at the end of the day, they're humans." And I thought, "I'm looking for a wee bit more than that." The mm. one, I'm looking for a wee bit more of an explainer as to why that performance was so bad. Well, on our, our reaction as well, the key thing is here—it is a reaction, isn't it? It's mm. very different to you know the cold light of day well in this case we were literally live streaming it we were live broadcasting yes. our reaction to it it's very different to how you feel even after the game I mean I feel like 
we're walking away from the game figuratively and people are walking up to us saying, here, be more positive about it. <laughs> Shut up. Clean shut up. Now, these, these games are emotional. They're, they're hard going. They're tense. You know, they're, they're, they're draining. That's how it, that it felt after the game. I've watched the game back now and maybe you know, Celtic weren't as bad as we perhaps thought at the time, but it still wasn't a good performance. That said, you can do both. You can say it wasn't a good performance, but also celebrate the fact that we, we entered into a game that was for our opponents a must win game That's yeah. that was all the chat yeah. before it so I'm not accepting anything different now right now that they, they haven't accepted it because we said we literally said this before the game as well we said it's a tough spot to put yourself in if you go into this saying we will not accept a, a point in a derby but what happens now because you, you got a point yeah, what, yeah Michael Beale said that yeah, yeah exactly so now I'm not I'm not accepting that it wasn't a must win game for them I don't, I don't think it... It doesn't really do anything for the title race one way or the other other than the fact that it's an opportunity for them that's gone... Yeah. You know, they've missed. They've missed it. They've passed it up. But I think we can do... As I say, we can do both things. We can think that Celtic could have done better in the game but also say, well, that's that's actually a good result in, in full context. I mean, for me, it's a good result. Uh, as you say, exactly as you said, Stephen. Performance, bad result, absolutely fine. Yeah. You know, we'd have liked to have beaten Rangers but obviously, we're the ones at the top of the league, Melly. We're the ones with the nine-point gap. They're the ones that want to try and lay a claim at the title and say that they're at least our equals. That, that was lines fluffed for them. Yeah, it takes you back to... The game last year against them when Celtic sort of built up a bit of momentum and then he thought, do you know what, see if we can just get ahead in this game, it would really give us something. But if we had went to that game at Celtic Park, not won it, and you're like, oh, it's been a, how long has it been since we've beaten Rangers? That starts to play on the mind. So these games are massive and this was the, the one that Rangers had to target and go, right, if we can win this, that's it down to six points. We've got two games against them, but it brings in more belief more than anything mm. else. That didn't happen. Rangers had that game. They could have went out and won it. They had it and they chose not to. And for all the performance from Rangers and all that, the fact is our manager changed it to try and get a result in the game. Their manager changed it, bringing off a striker, bringing off a more attacking midfielder and bringing on more defensive-minded players. And he blew it in the end. Mm. Where's the tactical genius there? See, oh, sorry, Jamie. See, on, on the bad performance thing as well, Bear in mind, we're, we're not actually really criticising Celtic. We're only stacking it up against Celtic's already mm. high standards here. That's all we're doing. I mean, we're not Cal saying. McGregor came out after the game and was exactly. quite honest about how bad it was. Exactly. He he made reference to you know things not being at the the requisite standards, mm. things being not of a high enough technical quality and all that. So he said that after the game. So that's that's really all we're doing. We're not saying it's the worst like performance in a derby of all time because I think someone actually did say that. There's, oh, I mean, as Selic Daz saw a lot worse performances than mm. that, Ibrox. I bet, I know. <laughs> yeah. And I was I was delighted at being labelled one of the young team in that, in that case as well. But now, I remember them all as well, but that, that doesn't really matter. We're only really talking about the game on the day and how it transpired. Yes, we're, we're absolutely you know, delighted that Rangers haven't been able to claw themselves back into the title race. Like they were kind of building up here. Yeah. Oh, Michael Beale's chat before the game and all that. Yeah, we are. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest of Celtics performance, particularly with what we've seen from Angie's teams over the last or Angie's team over the last 18 months or so. We went live before the game, which is another thing we do on patreon.com slash 20 minute times for all the all the away games we bring you live build up. We had an extended build up for that game. And before the lineup sort of came out, we were talking about the areas that are of concern for us, areas, maybe not areas of concern, that's maybe not the way to word it, but areas of the pitch that we think we need to be more influential. And when the lineup came out and we saw Dyson made and James Forrest on the wing, Melly, you weren't too happy about it. 
No, I think Dyson Maeda completely deserved his place for the mm. two previous performances against Ross County and Hibs. He was excellent. I always say, look, you can play Maeda, but on the other side, it can't be Forrest or Abada because it's a complete lack of creativity. There's work, there's endeavour, there's different skill sets, but there's no creativity. And Dyson Maeda, fine, happy with that. He turns out he scored. On the other side, James Forrest. What did you call him? What did you call him before the game? <laughs> the hide and seek champion. And he, he keeps that's, the, that's the clean version that you're giving <laughs> as well. He keeps the he keeps the crown. So I, I just I don't see it with him mm. uh, these days. Did okay against St Johnston uh, the previous weekend, but okay is not enough in these games. And he's got a track record against Rangers at Ibrooks, and it's woeful. Mm. And that's another one to add to it. It uh, was really poor. I just couldn't see anything of any benefit to playing him because if. A bad or Jota started, I don't think we'd even be questioning that because, look, they might have had a bad game, but they've both done it against Rangers. Yeah. They've both got goals this season. James Forrest had one game this season. Maybe there was some sort of bug going through the team, but even still, James Forrest would be number five out of the five strikers that Celtic have got. So to start him in that game, I thought that's a massive risk and it didn't pay off in the slightest because he was a man down. The thing about James Forrest is, I'm just going to say this, with no intent, right? But everyone knows how we're going to take it. James Forrest against Rangers, you know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, and we got Sadly, we do, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think it was just last week I tried to make the case, although I didn't make the case. I said I could see a case mm. for him starting because he'd looked quite confident recently. He looked as if he was contributing, changed his game slightly. He was, he was popping up more in build-up play and yeah. being a little bit more creative. I thought, right, well, that's that's okay. That's a, that's a decent sign that he might be able to contribute in this game. I didn't think he would start, but, you know, it is mainly this already alluded to. We've heard quite a lot recently, a lot of smoke for there to be no fire in this sickness bug thing that's been going mm. around around the squad. I'm not I'm not making excuses for anything, but if anyone is suffering, we all know what it's like to be illness. Imagine trying to turn up for a, a really Aye. important football game. <laughs> Absolutely no chance. So I saw the reason for him potentially starting. I was just trying to be positive about it, really. But what we got in the day was absolutely nothing again. And it wasn't the it wasn't the worst player in the pitch. That was to come from a cameo later on. Yeah. That was to come from someone who was introduced a little bit later on. But Forrest contributed nothing, and I, I was really disappointed with it because I had started to build it up a wee bit, thinking, right, well, I was bemused when he got this new contract. Not the new contract, but the length of the new contract. Have you read was... that book yet? <laughs> no, <laughs> every week, really. I'm going to ask him every week. <laughs> I'm just about to get to the bit where he signs this new contract. And <laughs> can he believe his luck? But um, I, I was bemused when he signed this new contract, but I got on board. I thought, right, well, maybe he can contribute. I can't help but feel now that James Forrest is just sort of accepted. Right, You've already mm. said it. We know what he does against yeah. Strangers at Ibrox. If that was anybody else, they'd be getting... I think been strips torn off them, yeah. but it's just because it's wee Jamesy he's a, a club legend and all that ah, but you know he just doesn't turn it on at Ibrox why is that alright he why just wasn't getting involved no. that that was my main beef with him it just wasn't getting involved in the game and it wasn't a game and we'll come to it later on when we talk about our equaliser but it wasn't a game where we had like 30 shots on goal we're camped out in the edge of the box everyone's getting loads and loads of touches it was a game where you're looking where it's a bit difficult we're not getting many of the, much of the ball we're having a lot of unforced errors and a lot of forced errors and you need somebody to go give the ball I'll try something get, I'll get on the ball I'll make the run and I just didn't feel like James Forrest was doing an awful lot of that and if you're a, a player at his experience and you're one of the senior members of the team and you're one of Anne's trust, trusted deputies by all accounts, That's surely that's what you're there for. 
Yeah, it definitely is, and it, look, this Rangers team have conceded two goals in a lot of games recently since Michael Beals came in, so the defence was there to be got at. James Forrest didn't get at them once, Dyson Maeda done that and scored a goal, James Forrest didn't, and looking at it as well, Borna Barisic is in there, a serial ball watcher, a guy who's mm. blamed for countless goals in this game, didn't put him under pressure one time from my memory, not one time, and Abada's got in behind him we've had players taking their fullbacks apart Tavernier yet we didn't get that in this game and I'm watching how the rest of the game developed and it made James Forrest look even worse so again I don't know Abada and Jota were on the bench they did take a long time to get introduced especially Jota coming on so late mm. so maybe there is something behind it but even if there wasn't James Forrest was out there to do a well, job. Well, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter how sick Abada and Jota were. James Forrest is, didn't do his job when yeah. he was on the pitch. Another thing that might have influenced that Stephen was the fact that Juranovic was out and uh, Alistair Johnson started the game. That was obviously mm. a surprise yeah. to everyone. We had Alistair Johnson scouted, which is another thing we do for Patreon. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. We scout all the players um, and do individual podcasts on them. And our scout, Alex, that had a look at Alistair Johnson, said... You know, I'm excited by this player. Very, he, yeah, he's very. one of the better players I've scouted for Celtic or for you guys for the podcast. When we were doing the live build-up, we had some Canadian, a particular Canadian-based fan who said, fair play to him. I can't remember his name just now. Paolo. Paolo, is that his name? Fair play to him. He said on the on the live build-up, I have no worries whatsoever about Alistair Johnston right he, back at Rangers. He guaranteed it for uh, us. He did. He says, I guarantee it. Bold. I yeah. know, but well, it, it paid off. Yeah, yeah. I, I was very happy with Johnston, to be honest. I mean, I suppose in many ways, uh, thrown in to a derby such as this, I don't know how much training he's he's done at Celtic. Now, a couple of weeks now, probably. Mm. But yeah. So he's to, to make a debut and under those circumstances... Really, I suppose all you're hoping is that he gets through it. Yeah. Right? He just hopes he gets through it and it doesn't like demoralise him and he doesn't wilt under the pressure of that being mob and all that. Mm. that. That's really all you're hoping for him for a debut like that. But he well surpassed that. I thought he was, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get carried away. I thought he was he decent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was decent. He, he looked, he, he, was, he got involved. He was always available for a pass, which is not what you, you could say about several other players Too available sometimes <laughs> there was times in the game where he had the ball and he was looking for somebody yeah. to get off him and nobody was about he was communicating he was giving out orders and all that it was oh right on oh, oh here we oh, go oh he was so stalked eh? <laughs> Is it uh, well, listen, that was terrible I listen Canadians are famously very friendly and very <laughs> very sound people but that accent must have tested them I mean, we were going to get some tweets about that <laughs> but no very impressed with him but I, I think he'll, he will only grow into this team it's a case of you know Joseph Hunu at this mm. point. Oh, oh well, if only it was. If only well, he, he, well, we could I, have forgotten about him in that game. And I can't believe Melly's already used the words or used the term serial ball watcher. So it means I'm going to need to come up with some other way to describe your Anovich's <laughs> performance in this. I was I was really impressed. I was really impressed by Alistair Johnson. Big unique guy, very athletic, physical looking player, which I, which is obviously in these games comes in quite handy. But another thing I found quite interesting was he says. He was surprised at how much space he had out in the Ibrox pitch, he says, because all the training at Celtic Park is small pitches, tight games, really fast-paced. He goes, so when I actually get out there, he goes, wait a minute, I've got loads of space here to work with. Yeah. I've got time on the ball that I didn't expect. So obviously what we're doing, he was well prepped for it. Yeah, we do. I've seen Celtic train once and what they do is they bring the goals into the edge of the 18-yard box and play from there. Mm. So this is how Celtic do it. So it's 11 v 11 in that condensed space. So when you are out there, you have more space. And look, this is what he needed. He's come off the back of the World Cup as well. He's come into Celtic. This game shouldn't phase him because he's played in huge, huge games before. But it's, it can be a bit different. But if you just keep your cool and he seems like a guy that 
keeps his cool, he talks very well and all that. So he's got an old head and young shoulders. So I'm looking forward to seeing him now because... Uh, if he had weird head on young shoulders, he's a <laughs> weird looking we did. Is he bringing down the handsome level a little bit in that defence? <laughs> Maybe it'll <Nah>. be fine. <laughs> but the thing is, it's, it's like we always talk about Starfield and we will come on to him as well. Because he had that bad uh, debut against Hearts, like Mikey Stewart still holds it against mm. him still. So these things can happen if you do have a bad debut, but like, he surpassed all the expectations. You came in probably... Apart from Carter Vickers, what the next best player on the team and what more can you ask? It's a weird, um, just having described that thing where they bring the goals in and make the pitch smaller, mm. it's a weird illusion to play on people because from experience, we've all played at Celtic Park, we've all lucky mm. enough to play at Celtic Park. The last thing you want to do, when you get the ball right, you, you just run and run and run and you look up and you're like, Christ, the goals are still miles away. <laughs> yes. The last thing you want to do is for the pitch to suddenly appear bigger than it actually <laughs> yeah. is. Well, that's, that's a terrible feeling. I'll never forget, when we, we sort of played in that charity game and I was like, hey, I'm going to warm up and uh, I was played and somehow I ended up at fullback. Just I think I, I can't remember who it was, but the guy that was meant to be playing fullback looked to me and went, "You're younger than me. There's no way I can do that. <laughs> right. You're now fullback, right?" So I went, "Right, okay." And I went, "I'll just I'll sprint up the line and I'll sprint to the other touchline and back." And I was like, <laughs> halfway line, absolutely blown out Mars. I'm like, ah, I'll do it. We've, we've all got claims to fame from that game. Uh, Melly scored, Melly yes. scored, scored a goal by partnering me up front. And later in that game, I was booted up in the air by Tommy Gemmell's nephew. <laughs> as, as, my, I was, as I was bearing down on goal, he cynically booted me up in the air. Good, that's, that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. What if, um, what if based on that performance, Melly, um, AJ just uh, overtook JJ and you never saw Juranovic again. Happy at that? Comfortable with that? Less uh, nervous about it than you might have been? Yeah, less nervous. I think when he, I seen him at the World Cup, he looked good. Uh, as you said, Alex was raving about me. I think he said he's the best player he's scouted uh, so far that he's uh, sailed out of signs. So mm. I think he'll be a really good player. I, I don't want to base it on that game because Juranovic like, has been a really, really, really good yeah, player yeah. for Celtic. So for that to be his last contribution would be a bit disappointing because hopefully that's not what we'll remember him for because he's came in and done a really good job. Joseph Juranovic is a very good player. Alistair Johnson came in and did a great job. Mm. He's still got a long way to go to overtake what Juranovic has done in, what, 18 months because for, for him coming in a, a league a league cup and done... World Cup and all that, he's done really well. So it all looks good, but this is what we ask for. Bring in good players and if, they, if they're about to go, bring in somebody good as well. So it looks like we've done that. I thought we started the game quite well. Um, what gave you that impression? The goal. Um, <laughs> Scoring early. <laughs> Within four minutes, I thought this is really good. This is a positive start. Does the game much better than this? Um, I thought Rangers looked really sloppy. Usually it's them, Stephen, that start white mm -hmm. hot on top of us. We need to see out the first five or ten minutes and then we slowly start to get a, a, a grip in the game. It was kind of a reverse of that. But great tenacity. Um, to win the ball back for the goal, Morelos with a fantastic no look pass <laughs> right across, right across the pitch. Tavernier with an absolutely pathetic attempt to take the ball off Dyson Maida, brushes off Goldson, and out comes Alan McGregor. Goes down like one of those clicky deck chairs, <laughs> and barely <laughs> manages to stick the ball underneath him. Ah, yeah, brilliant. Um, I mean, it was appalling from Rangers. Like, yeah. Let's face it, the defending was absolutely calamitous. Pathetic from their captain. What was he trying to do? He just came over and just sort of padded it straight into Dyson's path there. But um, hilarious that it was Morelos as well because he's always heavily involved in these games. He's <laughs> always heavily involved. We've mentioned Morelos. Look, we're not going to sit here and body shame <laughs> someone, right? But the nick of that guy, purely as, for, forget anything else, right? 
the condition that footballer is in, he should, if any manager with any self-respect, wouldn't have him training with the first team, let no. alone starting games. No, I mean, like body shaming and all that sort of stuff, but he's fair game. He's a footballer, yes, for Christ's sake. Yes. He's, if you've got one job, and it's <laughs> to try and keep yourself in some way in athletic prime here. He is one stone, one and a half stones heavier than any condition league Griffith has ever turned up in. Oh, easily. Aye, easily. Aye. Griffith's got himself into some nicks, right? He was mm. blowing at his arse. <laughs> <laughs> blowing at his arse towards the end of his Celtic career, but he never looked as, in as bad a way as that. He's been, mm. uh, Morelos has just been away over Christmas and you have grown his head as well and he's, <laughs> his belly button the size of that guy's belly button shut your whole fat boy one of the immortal lines uh, yeah, from Greg Taylor. fat boy again on the way out for good measure <laughs> so it's hilarious that he was involved as well because he's, he's always He's always there or thereabouts in these games. Mm. If he's never, if he's not scoring, he's always visible. And he, well, yeah. he's visible for anywhere. <laughs> but he's he's always like sniping away and ha having wee comments at people and all that. So it's hilarious that he gave the ball away. But I was really, really chuffed for Dyson because it was a huge moment for him. And when you look back on this season recently as well, that's two and two he's got against one against Hibs as well, which is an absolute belter. Oh, coming about a minute after he'd missed an absolute sitter as well mm. in that that typical Dyson fashion, but. You look back across this season, that's him now scored at Ibrox, scored at Tynecastle in that thriller, the, the first game of VAR oh. as well, that was at 4-3-1. Mm. He's scored away at Motherwell, which was a, a cracking goal, scored at home to Hibs as well. He's scoring big goals, he's making big contributions this season, so... Is it, he's not he's not a great goal scorer, but he must be rivaling the likes of like Abad and Jota now in terms yeah. of goal scoring just this season alone. So his numbers have been picking up and he's finally getting the, the rewards that his huge amount of work yeah. deserves. I think he's, cru he's crucial at that Celtic team, isn't uh, he? Definitely. When he's playing like that, when he's done, when he's on form and he's, when he's contributing goals, when he is getting goals, I don't think there's really any criticism you could really... You know, any justified criticism you could aim at him because yeah. that, that's always the thing, isn't it? It's... If he's he's working, he's always works hard. That's never in question. He's always even aside from his goal in that game, he was pressing Goldson and he, he making early mistakes yeah. as well. Goldson just turning booted it straight to the park because he, he felt Dyson breathing down the back of his neck. So he's always good at that. But it's only when he's not scored for five, six, seven games in a row that people start to question his technical ability and all that mm -hmm. kind of thing. What what does he bring to this side? The bad is much better and all that. If he's scoring goals, then that, that all goes away. Aye, yeah, there's, there's nothing. Aye, there's nothing you could really level at him. Another one, Melitz came back for the World Cup. Yeah, I love him. I think he's been brilliant. I felt it was coming for him after the St. Johnson game. I thought, wait, but he's back. I think it was just yeah. a wee bit of confidence for him. And what he get, brings to the team is incredible. And if he's bringing goals to that, that's brilliant. He's mm. a, like a class player to have in the team. And I only worry about him is because of that thing with having some quality on the other side. But he can create things himself through sheer hard work and endeavour. But it's just with him, I always get the feeling, I've said it before, things will happen for him because he works so yeah, hard. Yeah. Mm. We can look at Forrest on the other side and it's just completely different. I always say it, if you're having a bad game, make sure the guy up against you is having a bad game as you. So that's that's what Dyson Maeda does. He makes players a bad. A bad game. I, oh, I, I, I spotted it there. Yeah. That's yeah. We both did. <laughs> I was hoping you'd stay silent. He's waited a minute to let me finish. So I think he was, he was great and the work rate he puts in, he deserves what he gets. When you look on the other side, Forrest, look, Maida, you're not going to get that. He's going to give you everything. He's not going to hide. No matter how many times he gives the ball, no matter how many crosses he puts out the pitch, he will always keep going. And I love that. He adds this bit of quality now. I have no questions over him. No, I think you're right. I think we do need the dynamic. You sort of need Jota on the pitch, a sort of 
creator as well. That's probably the the, the best dynamic for me. But th- like things were going well, and we're one 0 up within five minutes, and you could probably point your finger to a couple of turning points where the game sort of it started to turn the Rangers' favour. One was that inexplicable Joe Hart mistake against Morelos. See, for all Ooh. we're slagging Morelos here, and this is a not a compliment to Morelos, but maybe a bit of a wake up call for Celtic. Yes, Morelos is a fat, chubby man, right? <laughs> yes, he is the portly Colombian striker. Yep. Okay. But he did get a couple of good chances. He, he caused Juranovic some problems and he caused Joe Hart a problem. Uh, well, there, there was that one where he basically just sort of bullied Juranovic out of the way. Two headers, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, the two. header. The, the one, I mean, that one with Joe Hart was entirely his own fault. Joe yeah. Hart it just mm. dithered and dithered on the ball and just allowed Morelos to close it down. That ball could have gone anywhere. Yeah. It yeah. really could have. I've watched the game back now and Joe Hart just smashes it off him. That could easily have gone in the net. We're mm. very lucky it didn't actually. So, I mean, Morelos is always a total pest. He's always a nuisance in there, even if he's not particularly... Know, full of quality or or running He's these full days. Full of quality street. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. How many goals has he scored against Celtic with a crowd there? None. Exactly. Well, if there oh, wasn't a crowd there, it doesn't count. We've, just, we've already yeah. established that. So he scored zero goals against us. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Joe Hart. We've been saying it for a few weeks now. There's no sense in going down that route because we're all huge Joe Hart fans mm. here. But he's starting to look a little, a wee bit, yeah, starting to get a little bit shaky in some aspects. I mean, I'll go That's further. It. I'd say it's unthinkable now at this stage that Joe Hart is still number one choice this time next year if we start yeah. the if we start the 2024 year and the the the, the, the Glasgow Derby second of January 2024 whether it's going to be I, I think I would be I would be slightly I would be slightly disappointed if Joe Hart was the number one choice keeper then not because I think he's a bad keeper now yep. but the the sort of I feel like he's reaching the end of his, his yeah. cycle with the, us. The thing is, he did pull up an amazing save in almost yeah. the... Yeah, well, does that contradict what I'm saying then? Am I just focusing on this mistake he's making? But then going, well, he did pull off an amazing save against, I think it was Kent, he got down low yes, to his yeah, left tipped and tipped on, on the post. post. Yeah. Just don't Am make the mistake, then you <laughs> don't need to see <laughs> it. <so laughs> yeah. Easily, easily, yeah. easily fixed. Don't make the mistake and they won't have to make the save. But uh, yeah, problem there is that one cancels the other out yeah. is because it was in the same mo- movement if he if he created or if he pulled off that save later on we would all be talking about oh, what an amazing save that was and yeah. Joe Hart still got it it's just, it's it's a difficult one because Joe Hart was never designed for this type of football we, we know this mm. all along but he's been functional at it yeah. up until this point and now it's only now that he started to kind of get a little bit slow to things still get an amazing shot stopper still with great reflexes but coming off his line and with the ball at his feet, he's just starting to take that extra mm. half a half a second's all it takes for yeah. you to look slow at, in in this you know Angie's all action team. Yeah, I think the St Johnston game and maybe once in the Hibs game there was a couple of crosses. We had come on, no, there was a cross in the St Johnston game, and then there was one in the Hibs game where a, a, a defender was waiting on him coming and he just didn't come to collect it. So just wee things like that. But Joe, Joe Hart's a weird one because. That that was nothing to do with playing out from the back. No, that no. was nothing to do with that because Ange doesn't ask you to hold on to the ball for seconds. He asks you play it quickly so we can move on. But so when you look at that, it's just a bad error from him. But again, it was it's so avoidable that error. And if he doesn't make those wee errors, then I'm going. Oh, maybe we could get another year out of him because he does do the the saves and all that. But he still he's never had that. Like he was never peppered with shots in that game. No. He's never had a game against Rangers or a team where you've gone. Wow, Joe Hart pulled off a number of good saves. Mm. He has made good saves in Europe 
and against Rangers, but he's never had loads of good chances against, well, good saves, because Celtic don't give up a lot of chances. So it's hard, but I think it will get to the point where you're like, right, now's the right time to do it because we don't want another Scott Brown situation. He's not going to be there that long, no. but Scott Brown was a season too long. We don't want that with Joe Hart either. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think if any, there were any final questions, Melly left over Greg Taylor and his importance to the team. Um, and we've banged the drum for Greg Taylor now for a while. But when he went off, completely changed the dynamic mm, of the game yeah. not even just with Juranovic coming on Juranovic's performance you mean tactically the way we un- we looked quite unbalanced the sort of dynamic between Starfelt and Juranovic on that side really wasn't working the passing wasn't working you were talking about it during the game then you factor in the fact that Juranovic had the horror show but I think Greg Taylor going off was another huge turning point yeah it definitely was and Celtic seemed to lose a bit of control not long after that and the Joe Hart thing really got the crowd behind Rangers and you know why with Greg Taylor? Because he's not, he's completely different to Bernabe, but he will keep a hold of the ball. He will make the passes. He will be an option for players. Mm-hmm. And in these games, sometimes you're better with somebody who's going to make themselves an option. Yes, Greg Taylor might, might not be the best technical footballer, but he will always make himself an option. Cal McGregor is technically very good and makes himself an option. Greg Taylor is really good at what he does and he's always there for players. He'll take the ball under pressure to take it off other players. And the whole left-footed thing as well. Celtic's whole back four were right-footed. Daisa Maeda out in the left wing was right-footed. It upsets the whole balance because as soon as players get it, they're turning back inside, which means Rangers can shift across. And it always seemed to be Rangers will let the ball go to Starfelt because he can't quite pass the ball out quickly, whether it be to the left or into midfield. They did a quite a good job on Cal McGregor, yeah. so that's probably why 
Celtic struggled to maybe build up some passing sometimes with that that balance being off. But I still, as soon as uh, Greg Taylor went down, personally, I thought, look, put Juranovic on there. We've seen him do it before. He's yep. played well out there. Really experienced player. I think he's a bit. He was a better choice than Burnaby. If Burnaby had to come on and done, had that performance, we'd all be asking really serious questions of him. But we know Juranovic is a good player who just had a simply a bad game. Greg Taylor, hopefully it's not a bad injury because he, he will be important, but we've got a lot of home games coming up. So hopefully it's not too costly. But just the importance of him, the sort of leadership he brings as well, I think that was missed. And it meant that him, uh, Juranovic and Starfelt, I think... Sakala going up against him he's not the best player in the world but because he's pace he can hit it beyond it's just a bit harder for them to it's tackle it's not even the it's not even the, the some of the pace that Sakala was doing Juranovic with it was as Stephen said earlier ball watching yeah. bad, uh, really yeah. bad positioning shocking positioning it's, it's, that's a thing Juranovic has always been guilty of to be honest mm. that, that's these one kind of fundamental flaw that has probably held him back to this point Celtic have given him this platform and he seems to have kind of taken it and you know, springboarded to possibly the next level, depending on who comes in for him. I'm not really particularly bothered about that. But prior to that, that's probably what's held him at that a certain level for this length of time. Was he 28 now or mm. something like that? He's never, the Celtic are the first kind of proper major club um, with respect to Legia that, that he's uh, played for. Like football wing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, true, I, I withdraw that respect, <laughs> actually. Uh, but I, he's always been guilty of poor positioning and ball watching and getting he's 27 caught. by the way just 27 right yeah. okay so he's always been guilty of stepping out and letting people in behind him that that's it was brutally exposed on on Monday there and I said Sunday but it's again this time of year who, who knows what day of the week yes. it is it's hindsight right I had no problem with Juranovic being brought on much like Melly mm. I didn't see that Bernabe was going to be the right man for that occasion never it may have been yeah, no, not it, for I mean, me it may have been we'll never know but I, I didn't have a problem with Juranovic coming on because I've seen how good he can be at left back I've seen him play left back for Croatia I think it was against France actually mm. um, before the World Cup but he, he looked great at left back he was you know one of the best players in the pitch so I had no there issues there was a conversation I remember us having on this podcast at one point where we were Debating whether or not Juranovic was both our best left left yeah, and right back that, when he right. first came yeah, in. That's right, because he was he was excellent in both positions for for a long time. So I I didn't have a problem with it. Bernabe, yes, in hindsight, again a, a lot of people a lot of people might have said they would have put Bernabe on in the first place. But I think in the you know in the fullness of time because of Juranovic's shocker that he had, everyone mm. said, well, why not play Bernabe? His time will come, I'm sure of it, Bernabe. But I've got to be honest, I've got. No faith in Burnaby for a, a, a match of that stature. Not yet. I don't. That's no. that's kind of my point. I think he his performances for Celtic so far have varied between really exciting, really positive, really direct, really threatening going forward, and a bit of a catastrophe mm. in, in terms of his passing. So I don't think it would have been right to to throw him into that that kind of atmosphere. It doesn't really. I think Alistair Johnston is a, a different case. Burnaby is a lot younger than than Johnston Johnson is you know in his mid 20s now so I now I didn't see the case for that at the time and having seen Juranovic's performance yes there's more there's more of an <laughs> yeah, argument yeah. for it certainly but I think that's that's you know largely in hindsight right okay let's talk penalties referees and VAR we really <laughs> oh, we really we do we need a we oh. need a we need a jingle for this <laughs> VAR there you go there's the there's the please don't sue us the composers of the Mario Brothers theme tune um, <laughs> eagle eared amongst you would have spotted so first of all there's a lot of contention over Super VAR Super Vario Brothers yeah doing <laughs> Super Vario there you go Super Vario world that's what we're calling this right so 
a lot of contention, a lot of screaming and a lot of shouting and a lot of it's a conspiracy and a lot of user paranoid and a lot of uh, you, you don't I don't hear you slagging if English refs Chris Sutton as Tom English said on Twitter and blah 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 a lot of shit throwing and people losing their minds and that's why the 20 minute Tims are here um, <laughs> yes. to set the record straight once to and the for rescue all. once Aye. again so Starfelt there's no if you scooped up all Celtic fan opinion even on our Discord which is something else we do on Patreon if you're not getting the message you should definitely get involved in our Patreon uh, patreon.com slash 20 minute times there is no clear consensus here the Starfelt penalty almost half of people saying it's not a lot of people saying it is let's go around the tables I just want pen or no pen Melly aye Stonewaller Stone, I said just pen or no pen Melly already break the rules Stephen <laughs> pen, or, pen or no pen it's pen and I, I know look for, oh, let me just I'll, I'll come immediately back to you after on, I say this pen okay alright sorry yeah. I'm so reluctant to talk about these things because as you as you've said you've you've already you've taken the temperature mm. of the of the general feeling about it there what happens is there are a certain element just the the top maybe one percent people will say will will have no decision. Ever, right? We'll just mm. argue the case. They'll start with it's the wrong decision and work backwards and just see what they can find, right? Yeah. So that, that, that you're dealing with that. Then underneath that, there are probably another you know, 10, 15% of people who are just, they'll overanalyze largely useless and unhelpful stills mm. all the time and watch GIFs and all that kind of thing. And then they'll try and work backwards from there. So by the time you go to give your opinion on it, people are just baying for your blood. Yes. They're waiting for you to, to, say, to say the wrong thing. Personally, having watched the game, watched it back, watched the videos, all the various mm. gifts and all that, and then watched the game back in proper real time here, I think it's slightly absurd to claim that it's not a penalty. The, the, the case for the defence is that um, it was a perfectly legitimate tackle from Starfelt um, that he was allowed to make. He didn't really make contact with the player, but what happened was when the player tried to plant his foot, he planted his foot on Starfelt and that caused him to fall over. Yeah. I, that is the defence but that's no defence at all because the only reason <laughs> he falls over is because Starfelt sliding into him and didn't win the ball in the first place the only reason incidentally Starfelt was having to make that tackle is because Juranovic was left yeah. high and dry and Starfelt running across now people are saying well why does Starfelt go to ground Starfelt's like it's qu it's going to I'll close the distance quicker on this player by going to ground and sliding across there yeah. because it's because he knows what Sakala was capable of yeah, um, yeah. so I can understand why Starfelt made the tackle it was almost like a last ditch thing but he didn't win the ball and he he caused the player to fall over in he the did. box yeah, and that, that's a, the, that's for me is the long and short of it Sakala stood on Starfelt mm. and then Starfelt's momentum took Sakala's foot away with him therefore yeah. sort of parting Sakala's legs and he ended up sort of in a crumpled heap and then he celebrated it in yeah. front of, in front ah, of the fans weasel, but, but, I, I, mean, we, I mean players do that all the time yeah, the, well, the, the, but it's not relevant because it's after the foul or not foul has been committed or yeah. not been committed right so that whatever happens after that it's not you can't not give the penalty because he's done pretending he's injured mm. and, and celebrating and all that I, I, don't, I just I can't see the case he did stand on Starfelt but that's because Starfelt was where the ground should have been when yeah. he went to take his step and it's because he slid under his foot 
he was impeded from taking a step by Starfelt sliding in and not winning the ball. So, uh, no. Uh, again, we will get pelters for this. I am fully aware Don't of care. it. Oh, <laughs> we got pelters. Do you know what my favourite pelters was? Like when we did a live reaction, right? Somebody clipped our reaction <laughs> to the goals. Now, this doesn't matter, right? This doesn't matter because it's just funny to me, right? So, when we record this live reaction, we're sitting in chairs, right? And you may yes. have seen the clip on Twitter. And what people don't see out of shot is a bank of little tables. They're sat beside us right now. Yep. Right, and they're at our feet with recording equipment and cameras and everything on them. We can barely move. But when we put our celebrate, people tweeting us, "Call that a celebration?" Oh, I gotta celebrate more when I get a Chinese. <laughs> what, what, are you, what, what are you trying to say? You're more Celtic. Congratulations! Than me. <laughs> You're a bigger fan than me. Well done, absolute yeah. dweebs. Anyway, so it doesn't. <laughs> does it, it really matter? Yeah, he brings it up. Uh, no, no. What <laughs> I mean is this the, is a platform. Uh, uh, air grievances. Uh, no, what I mean is the heat we're going to get for the Starfield uh, thing is never going to compare to that. <laughs> this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever read. Anyway, Melly, on you go. <laughs> Oh, I was up with a fucking set my house on fire. Right, all right. Stay your own then. I, I was pissed and shot myself. Man. It was, <laughs> I was amazing. Wins. Shut up. Right, on you go. Glad to see you're not bothered by it. <laughs> it's getting hilarious. There you go. The staff out one's a penalty for me, I think, as well. Juranovic lets the guy go. Uh, yeah, the first goalie, the ball goes over, he's wrong side. And then it goes over to Kent and he finishes it. Mm. Poor from Juranovic. This one again, poor from Juranovic. Starfelt, yes, he. He is panicking. Well, he has a decision to make because of Juranovic. He makes a wrong decision. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't yeah. have to slide in. It's a criminal decision from him. Mm. I thought he defended very well in the game. His passing was poor. But that decision, it's unforgivable because these are the big ones. These are the big ones. Because yeah. Celtic don't have fans there. They've just let in a goal. Rangers are on the front foot then. And you go and make that decision. Your teammate has already made a decision. He's your teammate. You go then to bail him out. That's not bailing him out. That is just flying in there trying to make things, make up for things. With mm. it's the Christopher compl- Ayer, didn't yeah, he? it's a complete wrong decision from him, and it's pretty unforgivable because this, these are the moments you're I at. Don't, I don't know if it's that bad because I don't think in a million years if he was to get out there and stand up the way that if you think about the way that Sakala's running down the line, but. Starfield's running directly towards him. I just don't think there's any way Starfield's going to get to where he needs to be by running or taking an extra couple of steps or shifting his body weight to this. I just don't think in his head the calculation he's making is like, I need to go from here to sort of 45 degrees towards the touchline, but I'm already running straight forward. He needs to do something. And it was a la- it was a last ditch, but I don't think it was completely unforgivable because I think had he not slid... He would have just made the byline and clipped it in anyway. No. I don't think he was ever making the ground up. That's what I think anyway. Well, fair enough, but uh, if, if he goes to ground, he 100% has to get the ball mm. and he's nowhere near it. He's nowhere near yeah, it. He's so he's absolutely nowhere near the ball, which so, is another factor into why it was yeah. a penalty. Yeah, and look, the way Sakala goes, it goes to go inside and Starfelt's going right past him at the touchline. So I think it was a complete wrong decision for him. Maybe unforgivable as harsh, but these are the big decisions in the big games. Mm. If Celtic lose that game, it's on these moments. And this is where you need players like that to stand up and be counted. We've seen the performance from Carter Vickers was tremendous. Starfelt let himself down in that moment by going to ground, even though he was trying to help his teammate out, but he made it worse for him because if, if he shows him down the line or doesn't slide in and that goes out for a corner. Nobody thinks about the Juranovic mistake there, yet it's all highlighted because the penalty goes in and all of a sudden, five minutes coming out after the second half, Celtic are 2-1 down after being 1-0 up. The second half was, again, I'll use it, unforgivable coming out like that. To let Rangers get in in that, Alan McGregor is a long ball up the pitch. Sakala takes it down and plays it to Kent and it's in the back of the net. Mm. The second goal... 
Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want you Juranovic. to go too far because we're doing uh, we're doing VAR at the moment. We're doing Super Vario World. So, um, <laughs> so second one, right, is the discussion that everyone's talking about: the handball slash not oh. handball from Connor Goldson, right now. Tam Cowan, famous pundit and food reviewer. Um, he has a food. No, he has a food reviewer. Still um, know why you needed to put it in. All there. right. Well, so sexisms, Tam Cowan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, he uh, he was had an absolute normal one in social media with no less than four posts about why there was no conspiracy about this handball, and it's the handball one that seems to be getting everyone so exercised. So. Uh, let me just remind you of the handball rules. Bear with me because they're very boring and oh, very God. wordy, right? right? Yep. Okay, so um, this is from IFAB. Handball offence is if a player deliberately touches the ball with their hand stroke arm, for example, moving their hand stroke arm towards the ball. Second bullet point. Touches the ball with a hand stroke arm when it has made their body unnaturally bigger. A player is considered to have made their body unnaturally bigger when the position of the hand stroke arm is not a consequence of or justifiable by the player's movement for that specific situation. By Hashtag having, biomechanics. Yes, that yes, that is biomechanics, <laughs> yeah. yes. By having their hand and arm in such a position, the player takes the risk of their hand or arm being hit by the ball and being penalised. There you go, right. So, yes. Connor Goldson puts, the hand, puts his hands above his head, pushes the ball away. The defence, according to Tam Cowan's top referee source, was, well, the ball's getting hit towards you at 60 miles an hour. I'm going to hit you in the face. That is a natural reaction. So what they're saying is that comes under the justifiable by the player's movement for that specific situation. Right, Presumably, okay. that's the defence there. Round the table again, Melly. Pen or no pen? Pen. Stephen. It's a pen. It's a pen. Yep. Well, I, I, well I don't want to contradict myself here because uh, I have been back and forward on this numerous times. At first, I thought I hit Conor Goldson's foot and bounced up on his hand, at which point it's not a penalty. Then I thought, Maybe the hand in front of the face thing is is a is a justifiable movement. Maybe that's just like an unnatural. Re, re, you're, you're going to do that when yeah, the ball's yeah. going up. Conor Goldson's a pussy, right? Conor, there is that. Yeah, he's not willing to take a ball right in the coop. In yes. Melly's what you're saying, right? <laughs> but so there is that. You put your hand, but he pushes it up and over his head, which is. And then my my biggest problem with this is if that is not a penalty then please explain the penalties we've seen against like Matt O'Reilly and Burnaby this season because none of it makes any sense. So. Yeah, yeah, Stephen, go on you go. Well, so on this specific incident? Well, that's what it's always... I'm afraid they've made a rod for their own back here mm. because that's what it's always going to boil down to, regardless of any interpretation of the rules. Either these are all handballs and therefore penalties, or none of them are. If Goldson isn't, then why was Bernabe's when it hit him, hit his elbow behind his back yeah. in the box? Why was Michael Smith's not when he literally leaned towards the ball and handballed it at Tynecastle and Celtic didn't get it? Why was Matt O'Reilly's given as a penalty when the ball just bounced up, sort of limply Aye. hit him in the wrist and bounced away? I, why Why are they different? Why are they different? I, I, I don't understand. And why were they not checked? Yeah, well, that's the big thing. Well, sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase well, that. Not, why was this not checked? Yeah. Why was Goldson's not checked? Even the Starfelt one as well, which I've already said, what well, I've already said, I've, you know, I've tried to be objective about it, I think is a penalty. It wasn't checked. There, there was no there was, there was no check in it. As far as my understanding goes, if VAR is to make that decision for the ref mm. without the ref having checked it, what they would have to demonstrate is that there's no case to answer. Yeah. So therefore the ref doesn't have to go over and check anything. It's been decided for him. 
what was the communication there? What did they say? Because it either has to be that it didn't touch his hand at all, therefore there's nothing for Beaton to go over and judge, or that it's hit his foot and therefore spun up and hit his hand on the way past. Well, that's it. So the, I've got the VAR rules in front of me okay. as well, which are very, very wordy, but they're worth repeating again. Um, basically, the VAR will always be checking the action, and most of the time these checks will be done in the background, not requiring any input or communication for the referee. They call this a silent check. If the VAR believes a check may lead to communication to the referee that he slash she has made an error in one of the VAR categories, which um, are penalty area incidents, straight red cards and goals, then they may recommend a review. So what's happened there is the VAR, who was Willie Collum, has looked at that, as you say, Stephen, and went, that's not a handball. In my opinion, the on-field referee doesn't think it's a handball. He's not made a mistake. Play on. Right, right, staggering okay. from a man that gave a penalty without even seeing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the only handballs he. That's the only penalties he awards. Ones he doesn't see. So, so Willie Collum has decided it's not a handball yeah. based on all the all the previous rules, and so he, in in his opinion, it's a, a justifiable movement towards the ball. Yeah, in a natural manner. Yeah, or, or it didn't right. hit his hand. Or that it didn't hide. Yes, as yes. I've already detailed, you would have to make the case that there's no case to answer yeah. at all. So therefore, it hasn't but that's hit it hand. because that's very clear there. Because there's two kinds of review, Stephen. Anything subjective or a matter of opinion well, that, yeah. will be referred yes. to the referee. So what what's happened here is the VAR has went. This isn't even a matter of opinion. <laughs> this isn't even something for the referee. He needs another look at. It didn't happen. Aye, that's my entire point. So yeah. yeah, if you if you have made the decision at VAR level that you've decided that Beaton has no has nothing to review, mm. the VAR has to have decided that there's either no handball or something else that suggests that beyond any shadow of a doubt, beyond any mm. <laughs> any doubt whatsoever, it is not a handball. It is categorically not a handball. So if that's the case, why are we all still sitting here raging about it days later? Why yeah. why why is everybody still arguing about it? Because we'd be able to see what has been well not reviewed in this case. And, and the reason we're all sitting here is rewind, rewind, rewind. It's because of all the handball decisions we've seen given this season Correct. already. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's what's happening here because in a game of this magnitude, it shouldn't be this way, but in a game of that magnitude that should be the one that you definitely go, right, you better check this because I don't think it's a penalty, but it could be subjective. Mm. You might want another look at it. When the game was going on at first glance, I didn't think it was a penalty. It wasn't until you see the replay, like the sort of referee's view where you see it straight on at Goldson and go, well, hold on a minute. Yeah. That. And you can maybe give John Beaton the benefit of the doubt in the fact that it did happen very, very quickly. So he, he may not have seen that it hit uh, Goldson's hands. But for Willie Collum to say there's no case to answer for there, or for Willie Collum to not even think that John Beaton should check that is, is pitiful again. For me, the most galling one is the Matt O'Reilly one because he's just playing football and the ball <laughs> yeah. bounces up and hits him and it results in a penalty. There's no way that those two situations aren't alike because if it hits his hand in the course of just being a footballer, but Connor Goldson actively moves his hands up and pushes the ball away from Both his face. Hands. Both hands pushes the ball away from his face. But Connor Goldson's got history of this. I saw someone, I think he's done three or four handballs <laughs> and got away with them in, in recent times. So it could be another option we haven't yet explored here. It could be that uh, Willie Collum is sitting screaming in the office going, Oh, you need to see this, John. That's a shocker. That, that's a handball. You've missed it. And John Beaton's just there going, Sorry, hello. Or, <laughs> Sorry, or, I've gone through a tunnel. I'm going through <laughs> a tunnel. Willie. Or another scenario, very similar to that, is John's went, Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> You're not passing this on to me, Willie, right? We'll just pretend we've never seen <laughs> it and we'll go on with the game, okay? Nobody'll uh, notice. Right, that, yeah. That's what we're going to do. Doing. And again, it's the usual craps. 
Celtic fans come out and they say, make this make sense. Make it make sense. Yeah. Ah, conspiracy, you're paranoid. Right, well, it's it's this, as you've made the point in the podcast before, Stephen, it's the same referees that referee in your games, Rangers. And it's the Aye, same right. referees that's refereeing everyone's games. So whether you're a Motherwell fan or a Dundee fan or whatever, you'll be complaining about these referees soon enough and sure thing you you, you definitely do. I had someone call me a privileged fan the other day. Did you? you yeah, well, well, us rather, because someone again has found that clip of us talking about how teams set up against Celtic and someone said it's all, it's all very well privileged fans <laughs> and they're talking. What team did they support? <laughs> I don't know. But again, th- this, doesn't, this doesn't matter. Just because it's us complaining about it just now, don't focus on the fact that we're Celtic fans yeah. because... If that's going to be the case, if you're going to say, oh, well, all Celtic fans are privileged, whatever that means in this day and age, so you don't get to complain about it. Mm. Well, don't dare come to us and complain about it. Don't dare. Don't complain I, on your Motherwell podcast or your Hibs podcast <laughs> yeah, exactly. or your Partick Thistle podcast or whatever else there is. Right, so but that's Super Barrio world over, right? <laughs> um, let's talk about the positives of the game because that's that's there's plenty of positives to take to the game for sure. Um, this meme that's developed around Celtic about not stopping it's not a meme it happens all the time Melly and us scoring a goal in the last 10 minutes now we made the point we were watching this we were like god we, we know we always score but that's when we're really on top and we're, we're you know we're peppering the goal and we've had 25 shots by this point and yada 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 and this game's no like that doesn't seem to matter the ball bounces to Kyogo in the box and he pulls off a really good really calm really composed finish but it is just so typical of Celtic this season. It is, and I, I really like this team because we have got a style of play and we usually play to that. And sometimes we don't quite match up to that style of play. By our own standards, Celtic are a very good football team. They didn't meet those standards mm. at the weekend, yet they came out of that game not creating chances and scored two goals against the hardest opponents they'll play against domestically. And yeah. Kept themselves nine points ahead instead of Wilton in that. And that's brilliant because we've seen teams in the past who, like Neil Lennon's sort of teams, all the players need to turn up for them to have a good performance and a big win. And then they don't have the tactic to fall down on if players aren't doing that. Celtic have got the tactic and they've got the heart in this team. And we got out of there with a draw. It was going to be, it was looking difficult because we weren't creating chances, but... When you look into that, I ask, why aren't we creating chances? And there was a midfield battle. There always is in these games. But Rangers got their chances in the wide areas because they had two players that ran at Celtic's defence. Celtic didn't have that in the mm. wide areas. James Forrest didn't do that. And Maida maybe done it a lot, but didn't do it as much. As soon as Celtic brought on Jota, they had somebody that could do that. We were able to push forward because we pushed Rangers back and we had a guy who would take on players. And we've seen that in the goal. He goes inside, plays it there through it down to Aaron Moy who goes down and the ball comes across and Kyogo finishes a series of sclaffs in the build yeah. up oh, to the goal was central but <laughs> it was going to take something like that because there wasn't a lot of quality from Celtic in the game but the manager changed it he didn't sit in he didn't take one striker off and bring one on he put two strikers on he put two wide player, two new wide players on he brought on Aaron Moy to get a bit of composure in that mm-hmm. midfield and Moy and Jota were involved in the goals. So was Giacomacchus, to be fair, didn't do much else and Kyogo gets the goal. So Celtic's manager made positive changes to try and get something from the game. Rangers' manager, on the other hand, like I said, he brought off his tubby striker and <laughs> brought on a winger. I suppose they could mm-hmm. put Sakala up there and you've still got a forward. But he made a change in midfield. He brought on James Sands and took off an attacking player. Uh, was it Tillman, I think? So then he sort of set out his stall, we're, we're going to hold on to this. Celtic went for it and got the rewards. I didn't see it coming, but 
this team have got more about them. They've got more about them. They can do these things. And it's, it was brilliant to see Kyogo score as well because it can he could have scored in that 4-0 game and it could have been the third goal. And he got, oh, he's got his goal against Rangers. This was an important goal. This was a vital goal. He could have snatched at that. We always say he needs three or four opportunities. He misses big chances. That was the biggest one. And he took it and he showed composure there. It was great from Celtic. It didn't feel as late as it was in the game. I don't mm. know why, but it was a late eight, eight minutes. And I think because we ended up getting, did we know ended up getting seven minutes extra yeah. time? Uh, we were waiting was, for that at the yeah. time, yeah. There was chat as well about Celtic had scored, Sky, Sky put up a stat and Derby Day and Glasgow Crocker was <laughs> talking his usual nonsense and then Ali McCoy was going, oh, I don't know about that and Andy Walker's like, just wait for it and Ali was trying to play it down, but was it 16 goals after the 70th minute mm. this season? That's incredible. Make that 17. Alistair Johnson said, um, after Celtic got the equaliser he said he saw his teammates going right let's go let's go let's get another and he's like this is the environment I want to play in and it's I mean you can't relax against a Celtic no. team even Rangers cannot afford to switch off with eight, two minutes of normal time left because we will get you no I, I mean the pattern's there it's no, it's no longer no longer a fluke no, not that it ever was but it's just it's, it's relentless now it just it seems to happen all the time. Kyogo as well. Kyogo can he stop stop scoring? No, at this point of the mm. season there was there's been a few doubts over him this season, but he's been absolutely on fire recently. So to finally get that monkey off his back at the the home of the the, the old monkeys <laughs> is is important for him as well because he's hardly played against Rangers and you, I was already starting to creep in about how he hadn't hadn't done it against them just yet. Barely touched the ball in the game, but popped up when it mattered. So I'm I'm really happy for him. And if we're talking about the positives from the game. I'm just, I'm really happy with the result, and I know that you would say, oh, you should never be happy with a draw in a derby." But that's a kind of no context overriding philosophy, mm, yeah. which I do agree with. But having seen the game play out and the relief of that goal, because I didn't see it coming either. I didn't think it was coming. I thought it was just going to be one of those games. And even the manner of the goal, as I said, it was Claff Central. Basically, we were just the ball was just bobbling yeah. about. Three players contributed to the the ball trickling across to Kyogo. I'm happy with how Celtic went about their business. And despite the fact that we've all agreed weren't really at the races, weren't well, not not at the races. It was just that we didn't play up, you know, live up to our own in, incredibly high standards. So they've played not that well and still come up with a result that has made absolutely zero impact on the title race other than checking another game off for them and another opportunity for them. Got to be happy with that, oh, to be honest. Three words. <laughs> Cameron Carter-Vickers. Oh. Those noises tell you all you need to know. <laughs> an absolute colossus. That, that clip that's gone about of him holding Scott Wright off with one hand Aye. and then Ryan Jack comes in to get the ball and he still ends up winning it. I I mean I'm struggling to think of a a better Celtic defender and now I know you made the point Stephen on another podcast about Van Dyke and all the stuff he achieved at Celtic and what he went on to achieve but just in a Celtic shot I'm struggling to think of a better centre half oh he's tremendous isn't he I, I don't I don't think we've had better uh, in my in my lifetime Van oh, Van Dyke Van Dyke right Van Dyke is um a special case because he went on to achieve a huge amount in the mm. game away from Celtic so everyone is always going to it's very hard to look at Van Dijk with, and chop all that off and just picture him at Celtic because the fact is he went on to be the best defender in the world for a time and won yeah. the Champions League so all of that plays into how good a player Van Dijk is but purely as a Celtic defender I don't think there's been better than Cameron Carter-Vickers I mean Van Dijk was a different sort of defender wasn't he because yeah. he, he I just can't remember Van Dijk being in the trenches quite so much 
as Cameron yeah, yeah. Carter Vickers is and holding that defence together quite as much but what I do remember for that Van Dyke is a player who looked like the Scottish League was just far too easy for him gallivanting up the pitch hitting free kicks all that sort of stuff but just in terms of an absolute battler an absolute rock at the centre of defence some guy that you can hang your hat on every single week at every stadium against any opponent I just don't I can't remember seeing anyone as good as Cameron and I want to be clear as well I I don't think he's as good a player as Virgil van Dijk and I don't think he'll go on to achieve anything like what Virgil van Dijk has done in his career but I I don't really care about that because the what matters is how he performs for Celtic and he's been absolutely brilliant. He's He takes all the... He's not got that, you know, just you know, level above dribbling ability and all that of Virgil van Dijk or anything like that, but he combines all the best attributes of almost every other top-class defender we've had mm. over the years. I mean, the, <laughs> you could sort of smash... Mialbi, Baldi and Volharen together and you would come up with something <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah. Cameron Carter-Vickers just take the best of what all of them have got and Cameron Carter-Vickers comes somewhat close to that so I think it's just an all-round package I think he's been absolutely fantastic for six million an absolute steal because we all wondered about that at the time like, I think that's, that's quite a lot of money for a, mm. for a Celtic centre-half but you could have doubled that and he'd still been an absolute bargain That is tremendous uh, Absolutely tremendous. And look, the block for Tillman, was it? The, yes. At yeah. 2-1. It's game-saving. Yeah. It's game-saving in the end because 3-1 Celtic weren't coming back from that. Yes, we score late goals, but there was, I don't think there was much chance we were getting two. So the that, the holding off every day, the fact that two out his back four had terrible games, Joe Hart behind him maybe looked a bit shaky at one point. He holds it all together. He's an absolute rock back there. Brilliant for Celtic. Just everything about him is tremendous for me. He's, he's passed the ability, he never looks flustered. And again, we're 18 months into his career. He's played at Ibrox twice. He's not lost there. Mm-hmm. He seems to get better every week. And I still, I'm rattling my brain for it. There must be a game where he had a bad game. He, he maybe makes one mistake, but he never has a bad game. No. So he's been a tremendous signing for Celtic. I think it won't be until years to come. We really think, right, It'll be him and Van Dyke as the two best centre-halves we've seen. But again, with Van Dyke, it's very different. He didn't have Rangers to play on a regular basis. He didn't have Champions League football to play on a regular basis. Cameron Carter-Vickers is doing all that. Rattling his brain. <laughs> uh, that's not the favourite thing I've heard in Scottish football uh, uh, t- this week, though, because Lee Johnson said earlier in the week that he wants to get to the transfer window and rejiggle his squad. <laughs> he wants to rejiggle his squad, which I thought was funny. And on that. Uh, now I'm just thinking of Alfredo Morelos jiggling now. <laughs> Jiggly marksman, Alfredo Morelos. What, my f- one, my favourite one of these recently is a few weeks ago now, but Andy Halliday described a few games he's been involved in recently as brainstormers. Oh, Andy Halliday. I, I saw a clip of him on Simon Ferry's podcast. He was talking about a story where an intruder got into Ibrox, right? Right. And he, he was uh, an intruder got into sorry Murray Park, and he got into a uh, Stephen Gerrard's office, and he says that's the angriest he's ever seen Stephen Gerrard. Just some strange guy waiting in his office for him, and he goes, and from that point on. Everything was key thob based, <laughs> and I'm like, and he said, he goes, everything was thob based. You needed a thumb to get through that, yeah, T H O B. And on that thumb shell, um, we shall wrap up this episode of Twenty Minute Times. Thank you so much to everyone who joined us on Patreon for our coverage. You can get involved in that Patreon.com/slash Twenty Minute Times. But most of all, thank you for listening. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.